I'm not the shoes I wear. I'm not the clothes I buy. I'm not the house I live in. I'm not the car I drive. I'm not the job I work. You, you can't define my word. But nothing on God's green earth. My identity is found in Christ. It's found in Christ. Have you ever been in a season where you wonder, does it matter if I pray? Does it matter that I come to God? Because at times it seems like the more I come to God, the less He does, the less He works. I've been in that time myself at, uh, at, at different times, but then one time in particular, after, after trying to plant a church in Syracuse and, and that not going well and that failing, and, but going there with really the backdrop of the, of the scriptures that we're going to have this morning, really the backdrop of that scripture in my mind going, man, if I just pray, I've got to do amazing things. If I just pray, I've got to do amazing things. As I look back, it's a little bit more like genie in the bottle type of prayer. You know, just rub it the right way, you know, get God to do what you want to do and, and, and that sort of thing. If you keep a lucky uh, rabbit's foot in your back pocket, then, you know, that's little extra points uh, if you do that. But you get disillusioned. You get disillusioned. You know, I got to a point after coming out of that in 18 months of bouncing around where, where it seemed like the more I prayed and the harder I prayed and things that I prayed for, it happened less. Like, God, I was praying for 100 people, but we got two. What's going on? Seems like everybody else, like they pray and they don't even pray and poof, things blow up. Things go well. And so really, a lot of this disillusionment came from the actually bad application of this scripture we're going to be taking a look at. We're concluding a series on identity. And Paul starts out in the, in the, in the scriptures that we're going to look at, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 3.14, it says, When I think of all this. He started 3.1 out that same way. Those of you that were with us last week. When I think about all of this. All of what? Well, I, everything that we've been talking about so far this series. Where we start out, God is giving us an identity. Ephesians 3, uh, 3, 2. That he is giving us an identity of a saint. A holy person. Somebody that is uniquely set apart for the purpose of God. That he has given us that identity. Paul is thinking about that. And that as a saint, we are blessed. But also, as a saint, he gives us power. Gives us his power. And as a saint, we go through a change. We go through a change from being a faithful follower of Satan to a faithful follower of God. And everything that God is doing inside of us to take us through that change. But also, what he is doing in, 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 as our identity as a saint, he's made us and put us on a brand new Team, and he's given us the identity of that brand new team as well. And where we looked last week, he's given us an identity of a witness. Not necessarily that we go out and do witnessing, but that 24-7, who we are is that we are a witness and he is making us into a witness of him and everything that he's doing and his glory and his power and his majesty. And, and, and it's all of this that Paul goes to his knees. Say, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. When I think of all this, 
Let's remember where Paul is. He's in prison. And he's in a prison that, that would make our prisons look like a five-star resort in Cancun somewhere. Archaeologists and historians think that, that the prison that he was in was probably a hole dug in the ground straight down, much like a well. And then they'd put a guy in and put a grate, put a guy in and put a grate, put a guy in and put a grate. You didn't come out. You didn't come out for a break. You didn't come out for food. You didn't come out for the bathroom. You didn't come out. So if you're in bottom, that's bad news. That's a bad day. On bottom of four other guys that, you know, can't get out to do their business. That's a bad day. But in all of that, Paul falls to his knees in prayer. Why is that? Because he's overwhelmed by God's grace. He's overwhelmed by the identity that God wants to give him. He is overwhelmed by God in all that he is doing. He's in these deplorable, well, shall we say, even crappy situation. And he still falls down to his knees in prayer. And maybe some of you find yourself in a crappy situation. This is bad. I guess not Paul bad, but bad. I mean, I'm not literally sitting in it, you know. How overwhelmed are we by his grace? How overwhelmed are we by what God is doing? How overwhelmed are we by the identity that he wants to give us as a saint, even though we weren't? How overwhelmed are we by that? I don't know, for me, I'm not overwhelmed enough by it. I'm not overwhelmed enough by his grace. I'm not overwhelmed enough by his identity that he wants to give me. I'm not overwhelmed enough by, his, by, by the sainthood that he, that he gives to me. I read the Bible, you know, read the stories of like feeding the 5,000, 5,000 men, and, and, and they go around, and they break the bread, and this is just like, bloop, you know, come back, you know, just bloop, bloop, you know, that, that sort of thing. How did, how did that happen? And, but, but we read that and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> like, holy cow, he fed 5,000 people with a Happy Meal. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice, that's good. Moving on, next. And we read things like, he takes us who weren't saints and makes us saints. I'm like, well, of course. Really? We're not overwhelmed by him enough and what he does. What God wants to do in our life through this identity is that he wants to break us. He wants to break us. He wants to leave us broken before him. Now, it's not necessarily like breaking like a stick or a twig. It could be because God, God did that to Paul. When, God was on his, or when Paul was on his way to Damascus to kill Christians, God knocked Paul off his donkey, both literally and figuratively, and broke Paul in that instant. But the brokenness really that, that, that I want to talk about is really the softness, the moldableness. Is that really a word? It is now. The, the, the ability to be molded by God. That's the brokenness that I want to talk about. Now, sometimes we need to be snapped in order to be moldable. But just, the, just the sitting before God and being amazed by who He is and being amazed by what He wants to do and being amazed by what He has done and just be simply moldable and broken in His hands. As the illustration came to Jeremiah, that we are like clay in a potter's hand that were moldable and ready to be used. 
How broken are we? Here, Paul's in a jail cell, having all kinds of stuff dumped on him. And he's overwhelmed still by God. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And that's why he's overwhelmed. Because he's in a jail cell on behalf of the Savior. On behalf of the creator. And he's overwhelmed that God would allow him to be there. How overwhelmed, how broken are we before God? And why is it even important? Because no revival happens without brokenness. No revival happens without brokenness. Individual revival doesn't happen without brokenness. Revival in our heart, life coming to our heart, does not happen without, without brokenness. The whole reason why we do this thing called church is to bring life to people. And life cannot happen without brokenness. But then when a bunch of individuals come together and they're all broken and they're all being revived and they're all getting life, a communal, a corporate revival starts occurring. And then when a corporate, when a, corporate, when a church starts getting revived, a community starts coming alive. Then a region, then a nation, then the world. But it's not up to us to determine how far the revival goes. It's up to us to determine how broken we're going to be before God. How moldable, how soft, how willing will we be before God? How amazed are we? How overwhelmed are we by His grace? This entire series, I've tried to stay away from actions. Do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. Why? Because I want us to be overwhelmed by our grace, by His grace. So that we, like Paul, fall to our knees and go, I cannot believe that I get to be a part of what God is doing. But what does it look like to be overwhelmed? What does it look like to be broken and moldable? What kind of things do we pray about? Because Paul is in the middle of a prayer. I fall to my knees and I pray. He's in the middle of a prayer. I pray. Ephesians 3.16. I pray that from His glorious and limited resources that He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. No matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you find yourself in, God is going to empower you through His Spirit. If God wants you to be in it, if God wants you to go through it, then He will power you in order to go through it. Now some days what that looks like is that you just make it through. You crawl into bed and you're thankful you make it through. Some days what, the, what it looks like is that you get done with your day and you're just, wow, that's great. But how do we get inner strength from the Spirit? I mean, that's, that's a nice phrase and everything and it feels good. And it's like, yeah, but there's nothing tangible to that. It's inner strength. It's inner strength. There's nothing tangible to that. I think Ephesians 2.10 is the key there. For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's workmanship created in advance to do good works. That if we are, if we are living out the workmanship that He has created us to do, we find that inner strength. We find that inner strength. And that is the jet stream in which we are to find in order to, to go through life and we work, but really we're just in this jet stream and we're just kind of flying along. 
For some of us, we need, we need a better illustration than Jetstream because that whole weather thing it doesn't jive with us. How about Finding Nemo? The EAC. Right? Getting in the, into the current. And they just take off. That's what God wants for our lives. That He has created us to create. Not create out of nothing. He's created us to create from what He created out of nothing. He's created us to create. And, and, and when we find that masterpiece, that, 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 that the thing that God has created us to create, we get that strength. We get that inner strength. Because the Spirit is in that. That is how He has led us and we are now in the current that God wants us to be in. And it's work. And actually the harder work is to find it and get in it. Because we want to come close to it. But sometimes, and a lot of times, it's really hard to really get into it. Not because God hasn't revealed it to us, but because we are too afraid to get in it is the fear of the unknown. I used the illustration when we went to Ephesians 2.10. I used the illustration of, 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 of painting that was here, but, but we unveiled it just a little bit of it at a time. If I get in an, into the current, there's a lot of things that haven't been unveiled to me. If I stay out of the current, I know where I'm going. If I get into the current, I don't know where the current is taking me. I don't know where the currents take them. That's fearful. So, what would you do all day, every day? And at the end of the day, you'd still be energized to keep going. What would you do all day, every day? If you could do that, You'd be energized, and you get to the end of the day, you'd be excited about life. And you'd be, you'd think you produced something, and you were creative in something, and, and, and it's like, man, this day was about. I did work, but it was about God doing something. Because He, He put my hand to it. Think it's going to be different for everybody. If I had to do what Cheryl did, I would gouge my eyes out. Holy cow. It'd kill me to work with children. You've got four of them. I love mine, but everybody else's? That's why I went into into youth ministry. And like some of you are like, you're dumb for doing that. (laughs) There's something there's something that you could do all day, every day, and still get excited and energized at the end of the day. But it takes faith to get in the current. Ephesians 3.17, then Christ, then Christ, as we're filled internally with His Spirit, with His strength, Christ will make His home, where? In your hearts, as you Trust in Him. Now this is where, you know, from a Southern Baptist background, this is where we get the whole, you know, just ask Jesus into our, your heart, you know. And if, if, if you're not from a Southern Baptist background or you're not from a church background at all, you're thinking, <clears throat> ask a grown man to crawl up inside of me? That's, 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 
Well, I saw a dateline on that one time, and that, would, that didn't end well. <laughs> How does that all work? Well, in Ezekiel, God tells Ezekiel that the law isn't about following the law. That then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God will put his spirit in us, which will bring his law into us. He wants to write his law on our hearts. And really all Paul is doing is taking that same concept and putting it into the personhood of Christ because Christ fulfilled the law perfectly. And if Christ is dwelling in us, then the law is also in us, the way that God intends it to be in us. And Paul is praying for the Ephesians that that Christ will dwell in us through faith. Now if we look at this verse... This verse really doesn't give us indication that it's just a one-time deal. Really, we kind of have to fight and strive for this. Faith doesn't come natural. Faith in God does not come natural or easy this side of heaven. It's something we have to strive for and fight for. Without faith, Christ isn't dwelling with us. Now, this isn't a discussion of eternal salvation and can you lose your salvation, etc. We're talking to saints. We're talking to people who have been made into God's image. So Paul is trying to energize and excite them and, and get them overwhelmed by his grace so that they have faith. What is faith? Seeing things the way God sees them and then acting on it. So where we, where our perspective, where our sight is differing from God's sight and the way God sees them we defer to God where our actions are different than the actions of Christ we defer to Christ something similar happened to me yesterday I referee soccer and and, uh, yesterday a a couple of coaches really people I've known for almost 20 years um, something that happened in in a situation with with an offside call that uh, is is fairly unique, a little bit of a nuance of the the law. I won't go into it because people that watch soccer, you don't get offside anyway, so I'll just roll through that. Basically, they got scored against and they didn't like that we didn't call offside. And so I explained it to them in the moment and then I knew they didn't get it from their actions. And um, so after the game, I was, I was like, hey, did you understand? He's like, no. So I explained it to him again, verbatim, mem- from memory, verbatim, told him exactly how the law reads. He's like, I don't know. I don't know, but I, 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 I guess you have it right. There's no, no, I guess. I do have it right. The unwilling to defer to the one that knows. Now I'm human and I can make mistakes. I didn't in this instance, but I'm human. I can make mistakes. But why on earth? How crazy is it for a coach that 
doesn't see it, to not defer. How, as crazy as that is, how crazy is it for us as humans to not defer to our Creator, the one who knows everything? But man, I, I don't see it the way you see it, but it's obviously going to be better the way you see it. It's obviously going to be better because you're the Creator. And you want to give me life. You said so. That's what faith is. That's when we know that Christ is dwelling with us. We've all been those, through those seasons where we've been close. Usually it's centered around camp or a Rican retreat or, or a season where we just, you know, just extraordinarily like, we're just, mm, we've got it. We figured it out and we're just kind of going and on all cylinders and we just experience the presence of Christ. This is what Paul is talking about. Where we live daily trying to live in this type of season. Where we are faithful. So this is part of what the identity is all about. Like Christ himself is dwelling with us. He has made his home with us. But also, in order to see it in a little bit clearer picture, Paul goes on, your roots from this, from this, when, when, when our trust is in him and we're seeing Christ dwell with us, your roots will grow down into God's love. Not into more knowledge, not into more Sunday school classes, not into more church, more disciplines, more this, more actions, more love. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. As we are faithful, we get to see and experience more of God's love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. This is kind of funny. I want you to understand, but it's too great to understand. <laughs> I want you to know God's love, but you can't know God's love. What? <laughs> this is like Yogi Berra, right? This is like, I get it, but I don't get what you're saying to me here. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What Paul is talking about is that God wants us to test the boundaries of his love. God wants us to push out and see how far out his love goes. He wants us to push out and see how deep his love goes. He wants us to push out and go see how high his love goes. He wants to push the boundaries of God's love, but it's out of faith. Paul's not saying, well, go sin and see how far God loves you. It is through faith that we actually see the boundaries of God's love. And we get to test and push out to the boundaries of God's love. It is through faith that we see that. And so the more faith that we have in our life, the more that we see Christ dwelling in us, the more overwhelmed we are by His grace and His love. And the more overwhelmed we are by His grace and His love, the more we are strengthened. And the more that we are strengthened, the more we have faith and we see Christ dwelling with us. And the more that Christ is dwelling with us, the more we see God's love. And the more we see God's love, the more overwhelmed we are by His grace. And Okay, I'm not going to stop, but you see the cycle of this, the avalanche of this, of God's love in our life. 
that is by faith we see more of God's love. But also, part of that faith is that we are pushing the boundaries of who we love. We are pushing the boundaries of, of, of the people that we have the ability to love. It is when we see, when we are pushing the boundaries of the people that we actually love is when we see God's love at work the best. This isn't easy. It's not easy for me. I mean, I get in my schedule. I'm, 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 I'm a C, hardcore C on the disc scale. Man, I'm task-oriented, uh, driving. I've got my task list. I'll never complete it, and I like that. And, you know, just stuff always to do. Do, 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 do. Go do. It takes breaking out of that to be able to love. You know, if I, if I schedule a lunch, I am with that person. I am there, and I, I've, I'm, I'm engaged with them. But man, if God sends me somebody along the, along the scope of a day that wasn't scheduled, <laughs> I'm always thinking, I got something to do. A couple weeks ago at Starbucks, I go there, Sit down. You know, I'm not supposed to know anybody at Starbucks, so I, I able to sit down and, and study. And then that guy sat next to me. The guy that doesn't know a stranger. The guy that will talk to anybody or anything or the wall. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, you're stunning. You want to talk? Did you see I'm doing something? God's getting, trying to get me out of that to engage and love and test the depths of God's love to loving somebody else. Engaging them where they are. And we're going to see this daily, weekly. Being able to test God's love by testing our own love for people. What is this all about? This is nice, you know, feel good type of thing, you know, that oh, inner strength and, and, and Christ dwelling in us and God's love, ooh, touchy-feely, nice. What is this whole identity thing that, that he really wants to do with us? What does really God want to do with our life? Because because. God's love surpasses understanding. So it's not about just knowing stuff. It's about seeing what God wants to do and see His love work through what He wants to do. Ephesians 3, 20. Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than what we ask, might ask, or think. This is the verse that got me jacked up. Because people would preach this verse and say, man, if you, if we had this event and we prayed for 100 people and 200 people showed up, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pray and God's going to give me more people than what I pray for and then and less people come. Immeasurably less people came than what I prayed for. What's going on? Where God is and what's He doing? He continues to do less than what I pray for. You see, God was still working according to this verse, even though I was misapplying it. Because what does He want to do immeasurably more of? 
He wants to do more inside of us than what we can ask or think. And God was answering that prayer even though I wasn't praying it. He was doing more inside of me than what I was even asking because I wasn't asking him to do anything inside of me. And see, this is, this is better news than God doing external. This is way better news. Because this is the inside that we can't touch. See, these are the dark recesses of our heart that we can't touch. These are the places inside of us that we can't touch, and we've probably tried to touch. And there are a variety of ways that we can try and touch it. But it just seems to make it worse. See, that He will take our heart, no matter how dirty and how dark and how messed up it is, and He's like, I want to do more than what you can even ask. You're tired of your heart? Great. I'll do even more than what you ask me to do with your heart. See, that's better news than external. That's better news than pursuing after fruit because the fruit comes from a changed life. Not from just simply getting better and being better externally. So no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what situation we find ourselves, whether it was self-made, man-made, naturally made, no matter where we find ourselves and the situation we find ourselves in, what He wants to do is to transform you, transform your heart inside. And he'll do immeasurably more than what we can ever ask or imagine on our inside. That's what he wants to do. See, we claim this verse is kind of a Southern Baptist name it, claim it. Southern Baptist prosperity gospel. Just pray it and it'll happen. God wants to work inside of us. Why? Glory to him. Glory to Him in the church. See, glory is to make the invisible visible. Make the invisible beautiful. See, the moon is the glory of the sun. We, the church, are the glory of the invisible God. And it's double glory. Because Christ Jesus is dwelling in us in the glory to God in the church and in Christ. Christ dwells, dwells in us. We glorify the God who is invisible by making Him visible. How does He make Himself visible? Doing an immeasurable work inside of us. So as we push forward as a body, as we push forward as a church, He's going to do immeasurably more inside of us than what we can think or imagine or ask and through that He will make Himself known to people who can't see Him. And Paul is telling the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus, this is what God wants to do with your identity. This is what he wants you, wants to do in you. Through all the generations forever and ever. Amen. We're just one generation and it's a whole ever and ever deal. One generation. We have a place. 
we have a place. We are one generation, and it's ever and ever. So what's God doing inside of you? What's He doing inside of you? How's He transforming you? How's He changing you? Where's He poking? What's He doing? Because He wants to do more than what you're even thinking of right now. That's what He wants to do with you. As the band comes up in place, we go into a time of reflection. What is God doing inside of you? What's He doing? Respond to that. And ask Him to keep doing it because He'll do more than that. Imagine what He can do inside of you because He'll do more than that. And from that is where the fruit will come. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this time. I thank You that You will do more inside of us than what we can ask or imagine. I thank You that that it's not dependent upon how good we are. It's not dependent upon where we've been. It's not dependent upon anything we do. You just simply do. I just pray, Lord, that we are overwhelmed by your grace and that you can teach us and you can, you can keep giving us that vision and, and keep driving your love into us and showing that you're with us and showing that you dwell with us and showing that you're strengthening us and that all of this that I cannot adequately describe or even preach about that you somehow would put it into our hearts that you are doing it. And that over the course of days and weeks and months and years, you, are show, you show that you do so much more inside of us than what we can ever imagine you do. We thank you and we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. It's a band place. Go ahead and stand up. And again... Just consider, what is God doing in your life right now? And deal with Him on that. If you need somebody to pray with, I'm here, Shelly's here. Grab somebody you can trust. And if you're wanting to trust Him for the first time, saying to Him for the first time, I, 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 I want this new heart. Just ask Him for it. Ask Him to do immeasurably more. He's promised. I dare you to do that. So as they sing, you can pray, you can sing. Just let God's grace overwhelm you by what He's doing from the inside out.